This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Well, the European Football Club season may be over, but the betting opportunities continue with national team action. The road to Germany and Euro 2024 continues this week. Welcome to Betting Weekly Extra Time European Qualifiers Edition. You're with myself, Dan Roebuck, and two handicappers prepped and poised, we hope, to give their (laughs) betting advice on six games across Friday and Saturday. And please say that Steve Wiss and Jack Wright are alongside me today. Uh, Steve, Outright point of view, outright prices are available, obviously. Um, France favourites plus 500, England, Germany, both plus 550. Germany, the hosts, of course, Spain plus 800. Italy, defending champions, plus 1300. I mean, given the criteria for qualification these days, it's not like it was in the sort of 70s and 80s and even early 90s where you had to win your group and it was an eight-team tournament 24 go to post for the finals i mean is there any value do you think in in backing any nation um to win it at this stage you know a year out i think what you've got to do is um really have a look down at some of the bigger prices maybe some teams that are not guaranteed qualification or not perceived to be guaranteed qualification maybe someone that started the qualifiers a bit slow but you fancy them to to finish strongly or find a way into the tournament do that and you can actually almost arbit, as, as they say. Um, and, you, you know, you're guaranteed to be making some profit because there'll be an automatically shorter price if they do enter the tournament. That's obviously a risky game. Aside from that, there's always an old saying, isn't there, that, um, you know, look at the host nation. Except I'm just not convinced by the host <laughs> nation at this point in time. Um, in terms of Germany, I feel like they're probably at least two or three years away from sort of their next well, not golden generation, but, you know, a phase where they may well um, have a a real good run at some tournaments. But, yeah, if I'm going at one of the shorter prices, it would still be them because it's just drilled into my head down the years. Host nation tend to go fairly well. Yeah, beaten by Ukraine in a friendly, but we just don't know, do we, at the moment? I mean, I can't believe that Nicholas Fulgrig is going to continue his goal-scoring prowess. It's 7-7, whatever he's got now. I mean, Jack, as as Steve has pointed out, the conundrum here for betters wanting to get involved, and and Steve makes a really good point. You could go for a a bigger nation that started poorly, believing that they're going to get back into it. The odds might have been pushed out a little bit. Or you're looking for... so. I mean, ultimately, you're looking for a team that you believe is going to be shorter come June the 1st, 2024, than they are now. Absolutely. And I think this is a really interesting time to be looking at these prices for the main reason being, yeah, we've got the stability at the top of the market in France and England, been there and done it, same coaches over the last few seasons. 
the home nation in Germany, as Steve then said. But then you've got underneath them, the, the major nations that we used to competing at the top end, um, going deep into competitions, are all in transition at the moment, really. Spain, new manager. Portugal, new manager. Netherlands, Koeman, jury's out. Italy failed to qualify, of course. They've already lost in the qualification group, or qualified for the World Cup, sorry, and uh, um, have already lost in this qualification campaign. And Belgium, again, that generation's now kind of over and they're starting again there as well. We then get down to like, to Denmark, who had the, the curse of the dark horse syndrome last time. So I've gone down as far, and I don't want to say dark horse for these these this side because that is like saying Espelianos, you're going to have a flop. It's um, the Swiss catch my eye at plus 5,000. Uh, solid, great goalkeeper, solid spine, so, uh, decent midfield area, and they've got some talent up the front and, and goal scorers as well. So I think at plus 5,000, they, they catch the eye, and I think they'll be a lot shorter in, in a fairly easy group, I'd say, as well. I'd, suge- I'd suggest that they'd be hard pushed to, to lose a game in this group. Um, two wins, eight goals scored, none conceded. Couldn't be a stronger start. So I like them. And one I would put out at an even bigger price would be Hungary, I think we've got to come and start to take up a little bit of notice of them. Uh, we thought it might have been a bit of a hot streak, but um, they're, they're plus 10,000. And in the Nations League, they're in that group of death, weren't they? England, Germany and Italy finished above England and Germany. And all, all by the last game, Italy pipped them to the post to get to the Nations League semi-finals. So started with a 3-0 win against Bulgaria. I think if they can get a good result against Serbia in their group and qualify out of that as, as group leaders... We could well see that price a lot, lot shorter come Germany. Yeah, I think that's a shrewd one. They're a little bit unlucky as well, the last Euros, weren't they? And they are a competition yeah. team. You know that they're going to get there. They're not the worst pick at all. This card we discussed off air is not the easiest for betters. There's always some nuggets around. Bet Rivers, as per usual, have got you covered with an awful lot of markets for every single game. Betting in play available as well when the matches kick off on Friday and Saturday. Uh, naturally, as we always do, uh, we're going to start with Group I. Uh, <laughs> Jack's already mentioned the Swiss, uh, who lead the way with Romania joint, t- uh, joint top with six points. Kosovo, Andorra, Israel and Belarus, the other nations, scrapping for qualification here. The reason that we're starting with Group I is because both Steve and Jack have got some selections in this particular group. We're going to start where else but Pristina and Kosovo against Romania. Kosovo, the favourites, had to double-check that this morning. Plus 160, Romania plus 190. Draw plus 215 here. Uh, this is 2.45 Eastern on Friday, the kickoff, incidentally. Um, Romania didn't qualify for the last European Championships, but as you pointed out, um, Jack, already, they've started fairly well in their attempt to qualify for the next Euros. Indeed. So I'll just have a little pause while the uh, listeners' mouths stop salivating <laughs> uh, the press prospects of this one. Um, but no, you pointed out prior to coming on air that um, Kosovo's head coach is Alan Jures, mm. which I actually didn't know. It has slipped by me. And uh, I did have to do a little bit of scrambling research to find out when you said, well, how's he ended up at Kosovo? Well, via the like circumference of the globe, really. I think Steve know a bit more about his early days. Obviously, he's a fantastic French international player, but then started his uh, managerial career at Toulouse and then did well there. A brief spell at PSG, although, albeit not the PSG we know and <clears throat> love today. Uh, back to Toulouse, where he did well, and then start, um, off to Morocco for his club football and uh, done superbly well. Then got into his international, and it's a Interesting mix of nations, Georgia, Gabon, Mali, Senegal, back to Mali, Tunisia, and now ended up at Kosovo. So 12 games in charge of Kosovo, four wins, 
three draws, three defeats, so a fairly even split. What you're going to get is a bit of an all sorts. But what did catch my eye was the fact that eight of those 12 have seen both teams score. And that's the bet I'm going with here. Both teams to score, yes, at minus 110. And more so because the recent form as well, seven of his last eight internationals under duress have seen both teams get on the score sheet, including all of the last six. So they've certainly got talent in forward areas. They do like to leave the back door open. So ideal for this type of bet. Um, Failed to score only twice in those 12 fixtures, um, both of the occasions against those miserly Greeks that we know and love. Um, And um, started the campaign here with two 1-1 draws. Disappointing last time out to say the least, Andorra, uh, you wouldn't want to be uh, dropping points to them if you've got any hopes of progressing through. But if Andorra can score against you, pretty much anyone can, I think. So um, the last three games have actually all ended 1-1, haven't taken the lead as well. So they can't hold on to a lead. And and what they will want to do here is, is win this match because Romania, as you said, have started off very well. So a win for Kosovo would put them a point behind Romania. Um, but of course, any drop points here would result in, uh, you know, effectively the, an uphill battle to get out of the group. So a, a tough one. Um, they've got Vedat Mariki up front, um, La Liga, eight goals in his opening 12 games in La Liga last season, apparently alerted the attention of Real Madrid. So if Real Madrid are looking around him as a backup to Benzema, he's obviously got something about him. Ended on 15 goals in La Liga last season, which I think is a decent return for a player playing for a, a lower-ranked side. Only three players had more goals than him. They've also got Milik Rashica who has been on a lot of big club radars over the last few seasons. Didn't do so well at Wolfsburg, then flopped at Norwich, loaned out to Galatasaray and has done exceptionally well in the season just gone when they won the title. They'll expect to close that deal off in the summer. So they've got those forward areas, like we said. Um, as far as Romania are concerned, I'd expect uh, them to yeah, look to get this game won to, to really cement their, their positions at the top end of the table. And what caught my eye for them under Edward Iordanescu, he's only had 12 games in charge as well, but they scored 18 goals, conceded 14, only failed to score in four and only kept three clean sheets. So it's a good mix for this bet. Andorra, Moldova and Finland, the uh, heady nations that have uh, been shut out by the, the R- Romanians. So both teams to score a really confident pick on this one for me. That's Kosovo-Romania. We like both teams to score. Yes, with Jack. Um, we're going to stick in the same group. Doesn't get any more mainstream, Steve. Belarus-Israel for you. Uh, plus 4.30, Belarus-Israel, minus 182. Uh, this game not being played in Belarus, though, Steve. No, it's being played in Hungary. Uh, all of the uh, Belarus home games are being played in that nation uh, at this moment in time. And this is an interesting group. I've actually, um, I had a lot of bets in this group in the first two rounds. I think I was just looking back. I think I actually had a bet in every single match apart from uh, Kosovo against uh, Israel. Um, I mean, what odds would you have got after round two that uh, two teams would be below Andorra in the table? Um, I mean, that's rather sensational in itself, isn't it? The bet I like for this game is Israel on a minus one Asian handicap. And you can get close to even money on this. So um, I I just believe that this is a point in time Israel need to get themselves three points. It's as simple as that. And Belarus are just not a very good footballing nation at all. They've uh, lost. I mean, they've lost their last three um, internationals. I watched them against Switzerland, 5-0 defeat at home. And they were terrible, like genuinely terrible. And so the Swiss are a good side. And Jack's right to point them out in the outright market, by the way, at plus 5,000. You could do an awful lot worse. Um 
they got beaten by Romania 2-1. That was that could have been three or four. I remember watching that. It was a very, very lucky late goal, which um, made the scoreline a lot more respectable. And, you know, Israel have started only with one point, um, but they lost against Switzerland away. We're not going to hold that against them too much. <clears throat> the Swiss will win this group comfortably, by the way. Um, but I still think second place is well up for grabs. You know, teams that don't finish in the top two have still got Nations League positions to fall back on as well. And that, that's when it can get complicated in murky waters. But um, we are in a position where Israel are fundamentally the better footballing side against a nation which are not, at the moment, playing at home. And that's a blow, I think, for any any nation, really. We know that there's all sorts of, you know, I don't want to talk about the political side and things like that, but there's a lot of, um, you know, negativity surrounding the nation of Belarus at the moment. I don't think that's going to help their players. And Israel should be able to come here to a neutral location and at least win the game. Uh, minus one Asian handicap, of course, if there's a one-goal win, exactly, we'll get the push, we'll get the refund, nothing lost. But I think they can come here and do a fairly straightforward job on Belarus. Something like 2-0 is very much in play. Or, like I say, just that one goal win if needed. But I'll take that if required. Um, I'm happy to take the supposed away team here. Mm-hmm. Minus 182, Israel. Technically, the away side, they've been played, or this game's been played in, in Budapest. Again, it's 2.45 Eastern on Friday, as is Denmark against Northern Ireland. Um, Denmark short price favourites here at minus 3.75. Northern Ireland plus 1100, the blow, uh, the draw, uh, plus 450. Uh, this is Group H. Slovenia lead the way, uh, Jack. Four teams on three points. I mean, you mentioned Denmark right at the top of the show. A lot of people like them for the World Cup as dark horses off the back of their very good performance at Euro 2020, which, of course, was played the summer after. Um, they're plus 2200 to, to win Euro 2024. Are, have they gone the other side now, or are they still a, a team potentially to keep on side in the outrights? I think it's a, a wait and see for me on this one. At that, those odds, I don't, you're not going to lose anything. I don't think they can't be a lot shorter at all. They could potentially be a lot bigger if the results don't go well. Now they've already lost one in this group, lost to Kazakhstan last time out. So the pressure's on. Uh, another slip of points here, and they're they're in big trouble. So I, I'd certainly wait and see. I know when we were talking about them being dark horses, they were probably three times, if not more, the odds than what they are here. So I. I yeah, I'd probably make it a bite about right, if not a little bit skinny, to be honest with you. Um, and say Slovenia started the group well, six points for them, put the pressure on the four teams below them are on three points. And uh, so this is going to be an interesting round of fixtures for sure. It is. Uh, they take on Northern Ireland. Um, the bet that you've gone for here uh, is a goal scorer bet. Talk us through this one, Jack. Yeah, I'm going with a man in form, uh, Rasmus Hoyland for the Danes, uh, minus 107 to score at any time here. Um, scored both those goals against Kazakhstan. But the first two goals in the match, they, they threw that two-goal lead away and lost 3-2. So, in fact, he scored all five goals for them in this tournament so far because he, he started the campaign with a hat-trick against Finland. So, absolutely sensational start for him. He's topping the charts as far as the goal scorers are concerned in the whole competition. Keep fending off those prolific goal scorers, the, uh, the mighty Ronaldo and Scott McTominay, who are just behind him. Um, so... Yeah, he'll be confident and, and want to keep that run going, of course. And and as you've touched on it already, Denmark are really strong favourites in this one. And also, Bet Rivers do make over two and a half goals the slight favourite here as well. So if we're expecting a Denmark win and we're expecting three or more goals, that obviously means that we'd expect at least two from the Danes. And when 
Hoyland scored five of their five so far. He's got to be a fantastic candidate for that against this Northern Irish side. They're very strong at home in Denmark. They won seven of the last eight competitive home games, including against France uh, as a bit of a barometer there, which was good. 12 of the last 16 European Championship qualifying games as well at home. Um, and as far as Northern Ireland are concerned, yes, they start with a win, but that was against one of Steve's favourite sides, San Marino. You'd probably expect that to be the case, um, but they did lose to Finland. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're in that tight pack behind the, the, league, the group leaders, um, and they're not very good away from home, let's be brutally honest about it. Uh, they've conceded 11 goals in their last four European Championship qualifiers to sides that are ranked in the top 20 going into the game. I'd expect a similar situation here. As I said, with Rasmus uh, Hoyland scoring five goals so far this campaign, he got nine last season for Atlanta, which doesn't sound much, but he was a little bit in and out of the side. He was kind of patchwork of minutes. He had 1,836 across the Serie A campaign. So it worked out he was scoring a goal every two and a quarter games, which I think is a decent return for someone that spent a lot of time on the bench and was just getting bare minutes here and there. So I like this bet a lot. I was surprised to see him available at such a good price for the Danes at home in a must-win game for them. Minus 107 to score at any time, plus 295 to score the first, incidentally. Latvia-Turkey is again 245 Eastern Friday. Latvia plus 840, Turkey minus 305, here draw plus 410. Um, Schoolboy's Dream with Stefan Kuntz in charge. Sorry, I don't know if we're going to send the rating for this podcast up to R. Sorry about that, but that's his name. There's nothing I can do about it. I had a giggle at it back at Euro 96. I didn't know Steve <laughs> What a good junior coach he'd, he'd become. And I didn't even know he was now a turkey manager. <laughs> oh, Dan, um, I need to compose myself after Steve. that. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, right, what's my bet for the actual game? Let's go back to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, over two and a half goals is what I'm going with here at minus 110. You're just I, avoiding I was... naming the coach. I understand. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. It's a family show. Or it was until I mentioned it. was, yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, Tur- right, Turkey are one of the best teams to watch in world football for entertainment, in my opinion. Certainly in European football, anyway. If you look back at all their games that have been played in the last 12 months, every single one of them has contained at least two goals. Um, several overs. Uh, the most recent match against Croatia was one of their few unders, actually. 2-0 win for Croatia that game. But I tell you what, I remember watching it because I was on both teams to score and the keeper at Croatia, Livakovic, wow, he had an incredible game. Um, that's what it took to stop this Turkey offence. They they're a very, very attack-minded team. I think as a nation, uh, people demand that they have a really good go. You know, that's in their personality. It's in their blood. Um, they're a little bit like the opposite of Greece, aren't they? You know, Greece happily winning 1-0 and stuff. Like the, the Turks just want a bit more entertainment, goals. Uh, and their better players really are in the final third of the field as well. And really, they are capable of covering this goal line on their own, in my personal opinion. I was really initially thinking about getting on Turkey on a handicap, but the handicap is sort of in you know, the minus 1.5, minus 1.75 territory in Latvia. To give them a little bit of credit, they have been covering that sort of handicap quite a bit recently. Um, only lost 1-0 to Wales, only lost 3-2 to Ireland in a friendly. Um, you know, Then before that, the, the situation is a bit more hazy because they're playing teams more at their own level. Fundamentally, I don't actually think they are a very good footballing team. Uh, it's been a while since they faced someone good. Um, you know, Do you class Turkey as good? I think I do. I think they're a decent team. They're not amazing they're not special but they're a good team they've got 
firepower which can go here and, and like I say, cover this goal line on their own. But I do not trust the Turkey defence. I've seen it in action before. They've always got a mistake in them or some sort of wide open. Yeah, they do. Whenever I watch them play, they often seem to be playing a high offside line. Um, there's always like one moment, a random moment, you're thinking, what on earth happened there? So maybe Latvia can get on the score sheet. They are at home as well. And maybe they can contribute towards this goal line. Uh, it just looked, I honestly expected this goal line to be about three. I really did. So to get over two and a half goals at minus 110, um, that's just too generous for me to to pass up on, Dan, really. Is, is Cengiz um, Bunda going to help towards the over? Well, I mean, he's someone that's had a decent enough campaign. They've got, like I said, they're better players, in my opinion, Jack, are in, in the final third of the field, really. Mm. Um, yeah. They've got a bit of technical quality. They've got a bit of maverick quality about them as well. Like individuals can make things happen. They they like to, yeah, some of these players will try and score a wonder goal. And that isn't yeah. always the worst thing against poorer nations like Latvia, where you know, defence and goalkeeper are perhaps an issue. So, uh, like I said, goal line, which I expected high, I'm always going to snap up something. Um, I, I would rather take the goal line than the than the turkey handicap in case they won something like 2-1 or, you know, 3-2. Mm. Yeah, over over two and a half goals, minus one cent. Uh, that's the bet for Latvia versus uh, Turkey. Greece against Ireland next up. This is the Republic, of course. Greece are plus 120. Republic of Ireland, 255 or plus 255. Again, this is 245 Eastern on the Friday. Uh, Jack, you're covering this one for us. I mean, for, for both of these teams, given the fact this is Group B, given the fact that France and the Netherlands are in this section as well, I mean, if they've got any designs on stealing one of the top two places. They've, they've got to win their other fixtures. It's not going to be easy for either to qualify via their group position in this section, is it? Absolutely right. And and this was what led me towards Greece here. It was the price as much as anything. I think this is a, a tight one because they generally are with Greece. You're not generally going to see Greece go and win a game 4-0. I hope that's the case here. They are, as Steve's already said, a 1-0, 2-0. They love that kind of grind and performance um, but at plus money, I just felt that was a big price for a, a side that are strong at home against a side that are weak away. As you rightly say, you, especially your home games against the other nations here, Greece is going to want to win that to keep the pressure on those top two nations who do have a, a rick in them. They do have a bad performance in them. So they want to go into those, keeping the pressure on them. Um, and they have got that safety net, haven't they? They've um, you, you mentioned it to us before the show that they've got a playoff place due to their Nations League performance. So that means they've got a little bit of a handbrake off opportunity here to go and make sure they get a win, knowing that it's not all lost if it does go go wrong. But they started a campaign with a 3-0 win against Gibraltar, which you'd expect, of course, but over 3xG against 0.03 for Gibraltar shows you that was a very convincing 3-0 win. We've got Gus Poyer in charge now as well, haven't they? So that's a name renowned across the world, really, and especially in, in English soccer as well. So um, he's obviously got more of a front foot philosophy about him than, than what we're used to seeing. Um, and I said, they want to keep in the hunt with the, with the French and, and, and the Netherlands. And um, they've only lost one of their last 16 uh, at home and they've won nine of those of Greece. So it is a very strong home record. And that defeat did come against Spain by one goal to nil. So shows you that they are a force to be reckoned with, especially on their own patch. They won their last three European Championship qualifiers and six of the last seven competitive games as well. 
And we've said they're very strong defensively, have been for many years now, and they've just had that inability to really find a goal scorer that can can take the chances that they, they that come across. But possibly they've got one now in Tassos Duvakas, who uh, was joint top goal scorer in Eredivisie this season. So he can carry that form into the summer. Uh, he missed the March International, so he's back in the squad for these uh, and obviously was in good form throughout the summer. So he can get on the score sheet here um, against an island side sky that if you can score against them, you then generally got a good chance. They were praising defeat against the, the French. They did lose 1-0, but that was at home where they tend to be a lot stronger with the support behind them than away. Um, but we already had, as uh, Stephen Kenny's mentioned, the fact that their players are short of match fitness, which comes down to the fact that they're generally not good enough to get into the better sides. Um, and also, we're going to have to contend with the heat. They've gone for hot weather training in Turkey ahead of this one. Um, this, the temperatures are going to be up in the 90s, really, during the day in, in Athens, but around the 70s to come kickoff. So, um, look, they've only won one of the nine European Championship qualifiers away from home of, of Ireland. Since 2014, they've only beaten Gibraltar on the road. So, again, it speaks volumes for what their performances have been like. No win in the last six European Championship qualifying games, only one goal in the last five as well, and the last six of the last nine competitive away games. So it all points towards a Greece win for me. As I said, at plus money, plus 120, that seemed decent value for me to get on board. Plus money, the Greeks to get the better of uh, Ireland. Uh, that's a Friday kickoff, as we mentioned. One game on Saturday to take a look at. This is midday Eastern, incidentally. Norway against Scotland. Uh, Steve, Scotland fans getting a little giddy with their win over. Uh, Spain, um, they were plus 520 to beat Spain, plus 2500 to win 2-0. It was a good performance, a bit of a smash and grab in some respects, didn't have a lot of the ball. They are outsiders to beat Norway here. Uh, Steve, Norway minus 106, uh, Scotland plus 265, draw plus 250. How are we tackling this game on Saturday? I'm going to be taking on Scotland, Dan, in this game. I'm going to be back in Norway straight on the nose. On the money line, or specifically on the minus half Asian handicap, do check in the Asian markets. You sometimes get a better price, minus 103 at the time of recording. This is a big game, actually. I'm actually quite looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be a tasty fixture, and I think it's a must-win game for Norway. I have to say, I've covered a lot of Scandinavian football in the last decade, and one of the most disappointing things from that period has been the performance of this Norwegian national team. It always seems to underachieve massively. They really need to get themselves to a major tournament pronto. And it's not all dead for the Euro uh, 2024 if they can start to pick up results here. Um, It's not been a good start for them in the group. Scotland have six points. They have one point. Uh, They've probably faced their toughest game, which is away to Spain. That's out of the way. Only drew away against Georgia, whereas Scotland, of course, have had that great win against Spain. And you mentioned the word giddy there. And I I think there is a little bit of that that aspect. I'm just reading an article this morning that Alex Alex McLeish, former uh, manager of of Scotland, um, reckons that everyone is now terrified of playing against Scotland after they beat (laughs) Spain. Um, I quote here, the fact... The fact that we've beaten Spain has probably got everyone terrified of playing against Scotland. We've now got that status. We now have that in our belts. The Spanish result elevated us to the next level. Don't get me wrong. It was a great performance. It was at Hampden Park. But I do wonder if now there's more expectation on Scotland 
I don't see them that suiting them. I think suddenly their fans, or maybe the media, maybe the mainstream world, even are thinking they go now to Norway and they should should be beating Norway. But I, if you look at the on paper, I think pound for pound, this Norway squad is better, and it's got Erling Brat Haaland in it this time. Now he might be a little bit hungover, but I tell you <laughs> what, I'm taking. <laughs> Even uh, an absolutely hungover Haaland is going to be an absolute menace here. Um, he doesn't. He hasn't played that much for Norway in the last year or two. You know, he's, he missed the the last four fixtures, including the two qualifiers. He missed the last four World Cup qualifying games that they had in 2021. He has that knack. It's almost like Ryan Giggs syndrome of missing <laughs> Nor- uh, national team games. But I think. As he gets older, in fact, starting now, I think the national team will become of more importance to him because he will realise it's not just about club football on the world stage, getting these tournaments and performing. So I think he's going to be fired up. There's some there's some players in this squad who have had really stellar seasons. Martin Odegaard, the captain. Frederick Orsnes has been brilliant at Benfica. And there's the only real doubt, the area that I don't like for Norway is actually the goalkeeper spot. Um, there's no one really I like in, in that area, but the rest of the squad is decent. You can get, I say, nearly even money on Norway at home in a must-win game against Scotland. If Scotland lose this fixture, it's not the end of the earth. I think they'll be caught in two minds. Do I play for a draw? That sort of thing. And I'm absolutely willing to, to bet against them because I believe Norway will finally produce a good performance here with their main man back in the squad. And it's always risky because this team does un- underperform. But the Norwegians, for me, look. this looks like a good time to be betting on them, Dan. Yeah, on the Asian handicap, minus half a goal at minus 103. And Steve's very much uh, right. Always check the Asian handicap uh, when it comes to that. You might get slightly better odds than just on the win-draw-win market. Minus 106 to minus 103. Small margins, small percentages, but it's in your favour. So take advantage of that. Okay, so that's the Saturday game that Steve likes. Norway on the Asian handicap giving half a goal away at minus 103. Jack likes Greece to beat Ireland at plus 120. Over two and a half goals in Latvia, Turkey at minus 110. Uh, Jack likes uh, Rasmus Hoyland to score at any time at minus 107 in the Denmark-Northern Ireland game. Belarus, Israel would like Israel. Uh, one on the Asian handicap at minus 104 for Steve. And Jack's like, but Jack likes both teams to score yes in the kosovo Romania game at just a shade under even money. Um, just before we go, um, when I was collating your selections, uh, Steve, you were suggesting that you might go for San Marino. I didn't know if you were going to back them or not. You've left them out of your calculations. Is there a lean here? They face Kazakhstan. They're plus 2,800 to win. You weren't going to go for them to win, were you? Were you? <laughs> <laughs> this is a very, very strong lean. In the end, I've actually bottled the pick. Dan, to be honest, I haven't quite had the conkers here to to go for San Marino, but the Asian handicap on them at home to Kazakhstan is plus two and a half. Now, I, they're actually a really good covering machine recently. They were plus 4.25 on the Asian away to Slovenia. They comfortably lost 2-0. They were, they, they were never in danger of really um, getting near that handicap. Um, and they also covered against Northern Ireland. They were plus 2.75 Asian there. And uh, only lost 2-0 as well. They're, they actually are an improving nation. I always say in the first round of fixtures in the double match days, the minnows are often worth looking at on the handicaps because they're fresh, they're ready, and they're really focused on that first game. The second game, often the, the turnaround, and there's a few more big beatings. But I think in this particular summer window, 
of internationals, I don't think we're going to see as many big, big wins because a lot of players are on the beach. They just want to get the job done, get the result. I'd be looking more at the underdogs more in general across the cards, um, in, in my personal opinion. I was so tempted with San Marino to be an official pick, but in, as I say, I didn't quite have the ball. Jack, any leans for you? On a similar theme to Steve, I was tempted to go with Malta against England, plus three Asian line there, because uh, I feel that England don't want to really be there. Half their squad will be uh, in the same state as uh, Haaland, obviously, after the Man City celebrations and a few others around as well. So I just felt that, yeah, probably a half a foot on the beach at least and uh, get there, get the job done, don't get injured and move on. You know, a 2-0 win wouldn't surprise me. And uh, that was tempting. But uh, yeah, I didn't didn't quite... I, I, I too did not have the kahunas to, to go forward with that one either. And I'm, I'm mainly disappointed that we aren't getting a lean from you, Dan, after your sensational performance in the Champions League, where you predicted, I think, four correct situations out of four. The only thing you didn't get right was how many times the assistant referee was going to whirl his medal around the head. Which is hard <laughs> to predict. But other than that, you got under two and a half goals. Do you know, you see, you, you, if, if, I'd, if, I'd, if I'd have known you are going to ask me this, I would have prepared something yeah. for my legion of uh, Twitter followers. But the, the, <laughs> the, the fact that I didn't know it was coming, and I'm no. not really... You see, I, I, I like the experts' advice. I like you two guys' advice rather than my own. You we'll know, wait with bated breath in case something comes a, up. A, a stop clock is right <laughs> and, and all that. Uh, if, I, if I do have a look, I'll put something on. I might tweet for the first time ever. Uh, speaking of Twitter, uh, I know you guys are going to be across all the football over this weekend. Um, Steve, what's your Twitter handle? Just remind everybody. So my Twitter handle is actually at MeatmanSoccer. There we go, at MeatmanSoccer, if you want to follow Steve. Um, and Jack, yours is? Not as flamboyant as that at all. Underscore Jack, underscore right. Boring. No, that's fine. Just want to keep all our <laughs> listeners um, across all the tweets that I'm hoping that you guys uh, will produce over this weekend and, of course, over the summer and into next season. That wraps it up uh, for this Betting Weekly Extra Time European Qualifiers edition. We are back for more picks ahead of the second round of this double header uh, in June. We're going to be recording on Sunday morning. Daniele Fisichella's in the hot seat. Steve, who didn't want to record early, but is, is, is your alarm's OK for Sunday morning, Steve? Just about. I don't think I'm on. Steve was so reluctant. Daniele kept coming back to us saying, how about this time? How about this time? So he's like, any chance we can do it later? But in the, you're happy. Yeah, because with we win. Jack Grealish is about to take stage <laughs> on Sunday morning. <laughs> Could be gold, that one. I'm looking forward to this show already. I don't know what Steve's up to the night before, but Steve, I'm, I'm glad you're on board with that one. Make sure you stay across all the Bet Rivers podcast app because we win. A lot of tennis, of course, with Nigel and Sean and so on. We've got lots of summer activity. Got some cricket stuff for you as well. But from myself, Dan Robbock, and uh, from Jack and Steve, it's been good fun. Uh, it's bye for now. Good luck with your bets over the course of these European qualifiers. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.